Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. All right, everybody, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar, and uh, today this is fresh off of our uh, M4M4 All action that took place this past week and actually took place, the rally and the march took place on Saturday uh, in Washington, D.C. It was uh, nice to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while, Margaret Flowers, Savage Joy, Jeff Ginter, John, uh, Kami John, as they say. Uh, John Siner, um, and and others. It, it was just nice to see a lot of people um, that that haven't seen really since the pandemic, uh, other than online. I spoke at this event, and um, I had to go near the beginning because I I was trying to visit with my family, uh, who I haven't seen very much at all since the pandemic, quite frankly, either. And they all live there. Um, but what I wanted to do was I wanted to start with the video of my presentation at the at the march. And I want to start by showing you what I said. And then I'm going to explain to you why what I said is so problematic. And um, some of it may seem obvious, but a lot of it is going to be challenged, just to say the very, very least. So let me go ahead and get us started here. Um, hopefully, uh, you'll be able to hear the sound without any problem. And here we go. All right, everybody. Um, so, you know, you're going to hear a lot of really, really important stories today from people that have different life experiences. The one thing that I think we all can understand, going back in time, 2015, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders fighting about bold policies. And what did Hillary say? It's pie in the sky. It's pie in the sky. How are you going to pay for it, Bernie? And unfortunately, no one really learned the lesson. People ignored the comments. They ignored the economics. They ignored the MMT struggle or modern monetary theory struggle. Now here we are in 2022, seven years after the great opportunity to really expose to people the big lie that stands in the way not only of Medicare for all, but of a Green New Deal. Because folks, we're facing more than one crisis right now, aren't we? We can't get sidetracked on one thing. That's why state-by-state -state solutions are such a joke. We can't get stuck in other things because we still got the environment to worry about. Can you imagine the tsunami coming through and you're like, Yes, I got my Medicare for all. Right? So we can't, we, we got to walk and chew gum. And this is a big problem because we can't unite. Because we're busy being told by people that are doing pretty damn good. Vote blue, vote for Summer, vote for Pedro, right? We're all in this weird dichotomy of there is no alternative. It must be this. It can't be that. 
And if you say anything, you're divisive, you're this, you're that. Oh, you're mean. Oh, my God. Did you hear how Steve said that on his live stream? Oh, my God. He's such a meanie. But let me tell you something. If you don't understand that the United States government, literally, by law, Article 1, Section 8 of your U.S. Constitution, says that only Congress has the power of the purse. That means not rich people, not taxpayer dollars, which is a Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan lie to keep us all locked in purgatory. But how many of you all know lefties that are out there preaching the good word of Ronald Reagan and Maggie Thatcher going, the harder tax dollars, the harder tax dollars, right? It's not a real thing. And this is super, super, super important because the state-by-staters are running around telling everyone we can have all these things, but states can't create currency. And so what happens when rich people find out that you're going to raise their taxes to pay for the poors? They leave. They have done it everywhere. They take their businesses. They move them to Texas, right? There's no taxes down there. Let's go to Texas. And Texas got a big sign up there saying, hey, come on down here. We'll headquarter you. And you see Amazon saying, well, I'm not putting my headquarters in your backyard if you don't give me a sweetheart tax deal. So what do they do? They literally drain the bottom out of the tax base of the states and the local communities. They literally rob the school systems to afford these things. But yeah, sure, let's do Medicare state by state. Let's do it. What a biff idea, right? See, this is the problem when we're going with good ideas instead of economic knowledge. Right now, at the most important point in this battle, we've got the Federal Reserve mixed with Congress and Joe, Joe Biden talking to us about how we're going to raise interest rates to stop inflation that is caused by gouging, monopoly, price setting, fuel shortages, etc. All of these things, every last one of them is man-made. Not one of them is something from on high where, oh my God, they printed money and therefore we have inflation. That is a loser's mindset. That is a lie and is completely fabricated. The fact of the matter is, is that when we tax at the federal level, we delete the money. Folks, if you don't take anything away from what I'm telling you today, remember this. Congressional spending is the birth of a dollar. Congressional taxation is the death of a dollar. Dollars don't live forever. And so there's a circuit that goes on. Now, why does this matter? Because as you try to fight for Medicare for all, as we try to fight for Medicare for all, as we fight for our own salvation with the Green New Deal, which, by the way, includes Medicare for all. Okay, and we talk about canceling student debt or more importantly, we talk to African-Americans and talk about reparations. This is a lot of freaking money, isn't it? Where is it going to come from? Oh, my God. The same stinking place that all the money comes from from war, the same place it comes from for emergency funds for Ukraine, the same place it comes for for military stuff for Israel, the same place it comes for every stinking thing that we do. So instead of instead of talking about taxpayer dollars, I beseech you, change your vocabulary. Let's talk about the public money. Let's talk about our money. Let's talk about our access to the general welfare. Let's talk about the public purpose. Folks, Joe Biden, the person that every sack of dung tried to push on us, that guy literally is celebrating deficit reduction right now. Deficit reduction is the draining of the bathtub. The money that keeps us afloat 
that keeps us going while simultaneously the rich bastards are making money on interest rate hikes and at the same time exacerbating the wealth gap. They're getting richer. We're getting poor. We're paying more for gas, paying more for food, paying more for everything. Not because it has to be that way, but because we are in a neoliberal era that started in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, 2000s, now in the 2020s. It's time for lefties and good people of all stripes to recognize federal taxes do not fund spending, period. I've said it now. I said it at Malcolm X Park back at the first uh, rally when we did it at Occupy inauguration. I said it then. I've been saying this stuff, folks, for over 15 years. I'm asking you all be a force multiplier. Tell your friends we can afford anything that we have the resources to afford. Period. There is no shortage. But if you try to do this at a state level and the states go belly up or the, there's a there's a downturn in the economy, the states can't create money to absorb that. If there's a pandemic, the states can't absorb that. So this is why it's so important. It's not some, oh, that's just some weird accounting thingy that Grumbine guy talks about. This is the silver bullet to beating the living shit out of the neoliberal class. Okay? MMT is freedom. It is hope. Because I can do a Green New Deal. I understand MMT. Modern Monetary Theory. Stephanie Kelton. Warren Mosler. Bill Mitchell. L. Randall Ray. Pavlina Chanova. Real progressives. Macro and cheese. Jeffrey Ginter. Okay? This whole gang. We... Understand that without an understanding of public money, every single thing that you and I want, we're going to be moralizing. Oh, it's just such a good fight. We tried. We really tried. It was another time. We did really well. We had the best size. We had the best chance. We went out there. It was so cool, but nothing happened. No demands, no credible threat, no nothing. This is why we must must organize without the taint of political parties, which is what makes this beautiful. Everybody looks at me like I'm saying, don't vote. How do you pass a bill without voting? How, how does anything get done? It, 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 these people are bought and paid for. So you're not going to win just by casting a vote. They've already told you they're not going to. It's things like this, but not just one-offs. It's things like this coupled with interrelating with other groups, literally putting the economics first, not last, first, because the gateway drug to fixing all of our problems, okay? Let's get on a proper economic discussion because everything that we want, you'd say, hey, let's follow the money. Well, if you follow the money, you understand Congress passes a bill. That bill is sent to the president for signature. The president signs it, sends it over to the Federal Reserve, who then in turn debits the treasury's accounts, and their money is spent. No tax dollars were ever involved. Not one nickel of tax dollar ever. Not for war, not for abortion, not for Medicare for all, not for nothing. However, the big thing you need to keep an eye on is this, and I know it's hard if you're not used to thinking this way, and I'm asking you a lot. I'm, I'm pushing you beyond the norm. Privatization is the devil. Privatization is the devil. And Joe Biden is trying to privatize Medicare right now, right now, not not in some other far off land right now. And the people that said they were going to pull him left are busy at brunch. OK, they're, they're busy talking about blue waves. 
They're not busy fighting for Medicare for all. They're not busy doing any of the things for the people. So I'm telling you this. I drove here three hours from Pennsylvania. I live right down the street from this young lady. And I'm here to tell you it was worth every second. Because if you guys can walk away from here, if you can walk away from here and say, let me look into this modern monetary theory thing. It's so important because guess what Medicare for all actually is? It's deflationary, meaning if we've got inflation, if we were to pass Medicare for all, hey, it might be a solution to your inflation problem too. But alas, you've got to know that to fight for that. If you don't know that, you can't fight for that. And if you can't fight for that, they'll keep the lie going. So I'm here to tell you, let's do this thing. Joy, thank you so much for all this. And to all my friends, Tommy John, all the people back there at RP, Status Quo, all my friends out there, let's get together. Let's make this thing happen. I'm out of here. All right, folks. So. <laughs> obviously uh fat boy jelly roll over here uh that's what happens when you have arthritis by the way very very hard to uh get those sexy pecs in order but what can i say man i'm an old man now i'm not trying to be cool and i'm not going to deal with fat shaming it is what it is um but i want you to understand something there were many people in that audience that were clapping and applauding and there were people that were excited to meet me and that was very nice i really appreciated it um but there was far too many people that had never heard the message that I gave that I've been giving for over a decade. And more precisely, since Bernie Sanders started running, speaking directly towards the types of, you know, bold progressive programs. We're not being shared around by, by many people. So in other words, you're left with, the dodo bird version of economics to drive these bold programs. And if you think about what I'm saying here and why it's so important, what I'm saying, I want to, I want to just give you a snapshot into a future world that terrifies me. The state by staters have more energy behind them because this is what happens. It's always this way. The people that don't really fully understand what's going on, end up having the loudest voices and end up being the ones that end up getting the air cover. I mean, Susan Sarandon now is going to be speaking on behalf of the state by staters. Okay. So you got 50 states that have to try to pass some sort of healthcare reform, 50, by the way. And of the 50, maybe four of them are, have a robust economy enough to actually do any type of real meaningful healthcare reform at the state level, but it still doesn't provide them with the bargaining power they need. It still doesn't provide them with anything. If it's like basically four, that means that the other 46 plus, uh, you know, the different territories and stuff like Puerto Rico and DC and Philippines and other areas, the U S Guam, whatever, we have no answer for this at all. And more importantly, let's say hypothetically, they got the train rolling and California did fine and Washington did fine. And New York did fine. Then all of a sudden, one of these other states decided to do it and it fails. Once to, all it takes is one. What do you think the narrative, the booming narrative will be? Now, I want you to also think about what happened during the pandemic. We all begged for help. We all begged for various things to happen. 
and they didn't happen. And when they did spend money, the minute we got out of the pandemic, the first thing every parasite in the world said was they printed money and they started jacking costs up. The minute that they did that, the minute that they did that, the very second that they did that, they already started the inflation train going. Which leftist do you know of can speak properly to the inflation story right now? How many leftists out there do you think can answer the question about raising interest rates to stop inflation? How many of them do you think really understand anything about inflation? So the first comment that's going to come back about Medicare for all from average people is that it's inflationary. You're going to print money to pay for health care. It's inflationary. Immediately. How many of the folks out there do you think can actually address those concerns? Even in a casual debate at a coffee shop, how many of them do you think can address the concerns about raising interest rates, being a private, being a um, basically a basic income for the wealthy, people already who have money, giving banks even more money, giving, giving private debtors, not the debtors, like the people that would take the loans out, but the, the people offering private debt solutions to fill the void in the economy. People don't know this stuff and they don't listen to it. And most of our alt media allies, if you will, refuse to talk about any of this stuff. So you're left with a very, very screwed up funding mechanism where we would take money out of the economy to quote unquote pay for Medicare for all. Now, if you're a Republican and your focus is largely on limiting government, and removing taxation. Do you think that maybe this strategy might inflame the already I hate socialist mindset of the Republicans? I don't know. Got to get past them. But then there's this other huge segment of the population that thought Joe Biden was a good guy, that voted for Joe Biden, and were happy with Joe Biden. And that is the largely vote blue sycophant. And the vote blue sycophant coupled with the Republicans makes a very, very large pool of people to stand in opposition to progressive policy space. And their opposition is largely financial, largely about taxation. And yet I promise you, if I walked around the crowd with a microphone and say, can you describe what causes inflation? One by one by one by one would literally, literally not answer the question literally not answer the question so we're in a deep we're in a deep hole we're in a really really deep hole number one the state by staters refuse to overtly acknowledge article one section eight of the united states constitution because they don't understand article one section eight of the united states constitution and because somebody on their team didn't say it their pride and their ego won't allow them to claw that back and say hey houston you have a problem now, is that just a normal human failing of pride and ego, or is that something more nefarious? Is the establishment taking us down a splintering trail of state by state? All these different groups going off in their different directions, having to write their own special bill for their own local state and not working together because you can't work together at that level because you've got local shit going on that has nothing to do with the national single voice effort. 
It's got to do with a bunch of tiny pockets of things. And what have you noticed about politicians? Do they sit there and start with asking for the most they can get and then square it down to what is agreed upon? Or do they start here and then square it down even further? My experience is that they end up squashing it further all in the name of I'm not a socialist or I'm not this or I'm not that. So let's take it to the next level. Each time we go out to one of these rallies, each time, and each time somebody's focused on, I'm going to do it for my state. Now I'm not going to talk to you about how I can do it naturally because I've got to talk about my little pocket of shit state over here. I'm going to switch and take away the big focus from everybody. I'm going to put it on my little state there. And now all of a sudden you've got all these different efforts going on. Now, it doesn't take a project manager such as myself to tell you how stupid that is. It shouldn't anyway, by the way, it shouldn't require a project manager to tell you the complexity you've just added to an already complex problem. Not to mention the fact that they should not be calling it Medicare for all at the state level. It should be like, we're just trying to improve our health care at the state level because there's no way to do Medicare for all. Number one, it's not for all. And number two, there's no way to emulate the payment system. Why is that? Because the states are currency users and federal government is currency issuer. Anyone that doesn't acknowledge that is literally causing harm to this movement, literally causing harm to this movement. They're not helping it. They're hurting it because this is the most important thing, as you can see. And all it takes is some pundit on MSNBC that's in the establishment pocket going to say, so you can't explain to me how you're going to mitigate inflationary problems by printing money for your Medicare for all? Can't explain that. Why not? Is it that somebody in your movement didn't talk about it for years? Or is it that somebody in your movement did talk about it for years, but you're busy chasing puppy dog tails elsewhere? think it might be that because there was somebody that's in the left somebody who's a strong proponent for medicare for all an organization in particular that's been pushing for this and other people in their own pockets doing the same fucking thing but have been ignored here's the problem everybody's heard the sob stories everybody's heard people missing your teeth i mean i talk about missing teeth all the time what does that get me a bowl of soup, right? Nothing, right? Everybody knows the sob stories about the stacks of bills. We all know it, but somebody out there saying, well, you should have made better choices. All these shouldas and wouldas and all this stuff don't move the needle. All the sob stories don't move the needle. The people that are already sympathetic are already sympathetic. The issue is one of strategy and the issue is one of education. As long as they can hide behind the idea that this is inflationary because you're printing money, as long as you can sit there and make it be like, we're going to take somebody's hard-earned tax dollars and fund this, as long as you do that, you have literally, literally destroyed our chances. Because, as I stated in that speech, we have more than one crisis going on right now. And so if you don't address the funding mechanism in each of these crises and show that we can do it I and mean, it's not a big deal, that paying for it is not a thing, the government creates money when it spends. If you can't do that, then the idea of a Green New Deal dealing with climate crisis as the world's burning up around us, 
you lose. And how can you do a Green New Deal or anything like that at the state level? Because the issues are so much more than please recycle and ride a bicycle. Okay. That reductionist bullshit that puts the pressure on the little people is repulsive. It's standard shit lib kind of crap that puts the onus on all of us to do little teeny acts. Whereas the military doesn't cut back. The, the industries don't cut back. The rich people are still taking 15 minute puddle jumper, private jet flights to go grocery shopping. The big things are still happening. The, the, the big ag, all the other things that cause massive amounts of carbon to go into the atmosphere through fossil fuels, you name it, all of that. So how do you mitigate that and have the same exact fight of how you're going to pay for it? It'll be inflationary. It'll be this. It'll be that. All these things. But there's really, really bad misleadership that is taking us to the state-by-state -state level and won't speak the truth. They won't tell the truth. They lie, literally lie about the economics because once they found out, once they were confronted with it, rather than say, oh, shit, like any good project manager, hey, guys, we had an assumption that assumption's been proven wrong. Do we keep the project going as is or do we submit a change order to make this thing correct? No, no change order. Just double down. Just double down. And because most people don't understand what I'm saying, sadly, they don't even echo it because they think that the guy that knows what he's talking about, about economics, is the dumb one. Not the people that don't know the economics. They, they, they conflate the two. And, and there's just no room there for that conflation. That's wrong. And it's going to hurt all of us. It's going to hurt all of us. Because if you can't answer how you're going to pay for a green new deal, how are you going to pay for mass quantities of solar to be spread throughout? How are you going to deal with climate reducing uh, decarbonizers, the things, the mechanical things that can be done to claw back carbon from the atmosphere? How are you going to pay for all that? And if you don't solve that problem, you can't answer the question of how you're going to get rid of student debt that's set at $2 trillion. And you can't get it through the point of how are you going to deal with all the other programs that are vital to making us have a robust society. And you start realizing, wait a minute, hold on. We're already fighting incredible odds. We already know that Congress is bought and paid for. We know that the only thing that will move the needle at all is a tremendous show of, of numbers and a tremendous show of determination and real, honest, sustained direct action. But we had 50 people show up at that march, 50, maybe it was 100, 50, 100, whatever, and then all the passers-by. And there was a lot of passers-by, to be fair. But the people that don't understand the economics this is what pisses me off. If you want to talk about what pisses me off, this is what pisses me off. I understand why you want to do it at the state level. You want to do it at the state level because you don't think you've got any traction at the national level. And so you think that you might have better chances of getting it through California when the sponsor of the bill in California flat out didn't even put it up for a vote. You can't get it on the, on the docket even 
up there in Washington state. And all the while, while you've got every activist spread out to work on this single platform, this single Medicare for all thing, the same effort that it would take to organize because Medicare for all is part of the green new deal. Did you know that? You can't do the green new deal state by state unless you're one of these state by staters that really gives you the finger when you talk about economics. And since the people that they talk to don't sit there and say, hey, these guys understand economics and they're right, but we're going to still try this strategy anyway, because they don't do that. They set these new people up that don't know anything about anything. And they think that we're just trolling, that we're just being divisive, that we're just saying the wrong thing. This is the level of absolute subterfuge, fake news, false information. How do you become allies with people that misrepresent the truth? How do you work with people that literally won't tell the truth? And because the average person doesn't know any better, they see the numbers. They see Susan Sarandon getting ready to narrate a freaking movie. Now, we know because we've seen people like Peter Kalamas and others from Extinction Rebellion fighting about a Green New Deal, fighting about climate crisis, fighting about the fossil fuel industry, fighting about renewables, fighting, locking themselves to J.P. Morgan and others by handcuff, fighting for this stuff, right? Because no one knows the day or time, right? That's the problem with climate crisis. No one knows the day or time. So the idea of hurry up, rush, rush for something that may not happen for another five years, 10 years, whatever, it's hard. People don't want to make investments for future things because they think it's their tax dollar that's being wasted to do it. And so they can't imagine giving up money today for something that may not happen for another 10 years or whatever, because we don't talk about the economics correctly. So our existence is hangs in the balance here. It's not just our health care. Who gives a shit, like I said, about our health care if the tsunamis come through? I won my state by state health care and whoosh. I refuse to be effective and refuse to learn about the environment and refuse to fight the two-headed war. I refuse to learn the economics and I refuse to prioritize that. And I made the people that understood out to be the bad guys. And so therefore, the new people that are coming into the fold with us don't understand. So we've set up an entire generation of people thinking that the economics of this are irrelevant. Talk about the enemy within. Talk about the enemy in the mirror. Talk about supposed allies setting us up for failure from the Green New Deal on down. And again, Bottle Kaboob talks explicitly about what he calls the layer cake of the Green New Deal, which includes renewable energy. It includes Medicare for all. It includes a federal job guarantee. It includes a just transition. All these things have a big price tag on them. If you don't understand economics, that'll scare the shit out of you. And believe me, the Republicans will be ready to fight about it being printing money. They'll fight about it being inflationary. They'll fight about it being wasted tax dollars and all the other loser things that many of our lefty friends say just as well. So as we put politicians in office, as we talk to fellow activists, as we do events like this, 
The fact is we can't even fight the other enemy over the, the big enemy, the big final boss enemy, the lobbyists and Congress and the big, big, big oligarchs. We can't even fight them because we have to fight ourselves first because people acted in bad faith by acting like the economics was irrelevant. When you act like the economics is irrelevant instead of the primary thing that should drive the realm of what is possible, you destroy the very thing you claim to want. And our movement has done this time and time and time and time again. You cannot solve climate crisis and healthcare and end student debt and provide reparations or any of the other things. You cannot do any of that if you don't understand the econ. Because they will immediately go on Twitter sometimes. Do a search on the hashtag inflation or Biden's inflation or any of the other things. If you've got a supply chain issue that's causing inflation, you've got to fix the supply chain. Maybe that's roads. Maybe that's railways. Maybe that is hyperloops. Who knows what? Maybe it's bus systems. I don't care. Maybe it's shipping. Who knows? But if you have supply chain issues throughout the uh Throughout the country, this is the way you fix it. You address the supply chain. You don't reduce spending. You don't sit there and raise interest rates. You don't do anything worthless like that. Only a horrible, wretched, evil fuck would do that. And that's what's running the show. But sadly, the vast majority don't know these things. They don't say these things. And so there's no real pushback against these things. And then you have that whole left-wing anti-imperialist group, which I'm a member of in my heart, but they refuse to get with the economics as well. So there's no energy to doing this correctly and not just correctly, so we get it. So we get it. And so then add in the fact that, oh, wait a minute, hold on. We've got higher gas prices. Inflation must be Biden. Well, I hate Biden. I hate the motherfucker, okay? But the fact is, is that it isn't Biden's gas inflation. Fact is, is that Russia amounted for between three to 6% of the global uh, oil production that was, you know, basically screwed uh, when, when we shut them down, when, when the sanctions went through. So that three to 6% amount had to be brought up from somewhere. Where did it come from? It came from Saudi Arabia. What did Saudi Arabia do? They kept pricing up that 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 small amount, that window, that uh, three to six percent. They kept pricing it up because these contracts are already out a year. They've already set the price of oil way out. So you don't address all these price problems with some other bullshit with raising interest rates and laying people off and cutting spending. That's not how you fix that. You fix that by putting a law in the books that tells your oil producers within the United States that any domestic oil produced in this country will be used for this country. And when we hit our threshold and we have additional, then we will export that. That's how you solve that problem. Okay. But it didn't happen. But see, everybody doesn't think about inflation in the correct way. They just think printing money and their heads explode. And that's what Medicare for all represents to people even though Medicare for all on its own is deflationary, okay? What do I mean by deflationary? Number one, 
every time they deny one of your claims, every time they do something uh, transactionally, anything that adds to GDP, which is an indiscriminate uh, measure of the total uh, uh, cost uh, pricing and so sales, it's basically the sales book for the United States for everything that's been sold in this country. Every purchase, every transaction, et cetera, is captured in GDP. And so with that in mind, when you're looking at the way insurance is today, they get paid to literally stop you from getting service. That's how they make their money. Well, all of a sudden you eliminate all these middlemen, all these people that are in the way of preventing you from getting to care that causes jobs to be lost. Whether you like that or not, that's a true statement. All those insurance company jobs gone. A lot of the other processing jobs gone. And then it also brings the cost of service down. Because so much of the overhead for advertising for these insurance companies and all the other bullshit that goes with them, all the sales reps that show up, all the pens they buy, all the other bullshit that goes into creating the business case for their existence vanishes. And so all of that brings costs way down, bring, makes it very efficient, okay? And so if it's very efficient, that right there is deflationary and it causes jobs to be lost. So you need a just transition. You need a job guarantee. You need all these things. But if you're doing it state by state, how much have you destroyed this country by not getting this? How much have you fucked the movement by not getting this? Hint a lot. Hint bigly. So you're not even able to fight those lobbyists over there yet. You're not even able to fight with them yet because you've got to get through the phalanx of false prophets and, and folks that don't understand economics that just sideline you and, and put you out to pasture like you're telling a story, like you're not an ally telling them an unfortunate truth, see? Because they treat you like a bitch instead of treating you like somebody that's explaining to you, hey, we want this too, but what you're doing isn't helping because we need this Green New Deal also. And is there any energy for these things? No. Why is that? Because people don't think we can do it. Why don't they think so? Well, because the establishment has proved time and time again, every time we try and get a candidate in there, what do they do? They cock block it at the primary level before you ever even get through the door. So a lot of people have checked out. A lot of people have stopped believing. A lot of people have stopped caring. We should be organizing at the state level for a national solution. We should be organizing around healthcare, but we should be organizing around the full layer cake of the Green New Deal. Because once you get those things, Medicare slides right in. You gotta have Medicare for all. You gotta have Medicare for all if you're doing a just transition for all those dirty coal miners coming out of there into other jobs, into new work. You gotta have that. You gotta have an answer for all their counters. You got to have it. And pretending like every time you talk in an audience, you're talking to a friendly group of people, a friendly audience that's on your side is insane. Because even in the leftist spaces, they don't understand economics. And so when you talk to them about economics, their heads explode, they get bored, they're not interested. But yet, can you think of anything more important than economics? Hillary Clinton knew that every single worthless vote blue centrist would laugh at Bernie Sanders for all of his proposals. 
In 2015, Bernie Sanders had 33 trillion in new spending with only 19 trillion in new taxes. Think about that. 19 trillion in new taxes, 33 trillion in new spending. Sounds like about a shortfall of about $14 trillion, right? Only it's not a shortfall because that shows the government itself is the creator of the currency. The national debt is nothing more than the sum total of every untaxed dollar in the economy. That's it. But most of those people in that audience didn't know what we were talking about. Truly, truly did not. Many people are starting to get it, but most didn't. In fact, when they start putting this kind of information out there in the Twitter sphere, where you have the best chance of getting your information out there, YouTube, most people, when you share it in the messenger or whatever, to try and get them to share, they give you a thumbs up, like they're doing something. Thumbs up. You look on the wall. They clearly didn't share it. They didn't watch it. They didn't comment. They didn't do shit. The whole reason for doing these stupid ass videos is to get the word out. It's not, well, let's put it this way. For me, it's the only reason I, I personally would love to never be an activist again if I could help it. It is the most grueling, shitty deal that you've ever been through. People disrespect you. They ignore you. They act like you're the enemy. And yet you're killing yourself to try and get this word out. And yet you're somehow or another the bad guy. So my point is, is that if you think you're just going to go ahead and do these things without changing the way people understand the economics, you're wrong. I mean, you'll do it. You'll keep pushing it, but it's going to fall on deaf ears every freaking time. As long as they think that you're spending their hard-earned tax dollar, as long as you think that they're spending their hard-earned tax dollar on your abortion or on your you know, bad decision for school or on your bad decision for whatever, they will literally crank down on that shit. And that's why it's so important that we talk about the public money and the public purpose and the general welfare and stuff like that and not get caught up in some of the other feel-good stuff because, quite frankly, they don't care if you live or die. They're just worried about what this is going to do to their taxes. That's how pathetic society has gotten. They just care about what it's going to do to their taxes. They just care if the government is going to spy on them, which fair enough. But after a while, the economics gets so drowned out until it comes time to try and do something. And then even friendly fire starts going, yeah. Imagine what Detroit used to be like when the auto industry was there and everyone was hopping, everybody had jobs, everything was wonderful. And all of a sudden they started shipping out the plants. They started shipping out the jobs. And all of a sudden, Detroit and the surrounding area started becoming impoverished. It became a rust belt. It became a ghost town. It happened in Buffalo, happened in Pittsburgh. It's happened all over the country. And it's because businesses pick up and go where it's cheaper. And if you're in the business of raising taxes to pay for things, that runs right into their ROI and they gone. Gone. It's called the race to the bottom. Federal mandates on states are absolutely brutally oppressive. States then in turn 
are underfunding their pensions. States are underfunding their roadways, their bridges. Federal government occasionally provides encumbered dollars, meaning these dollars must go to this. When they say encumbered, it means it must go to a specific thing. And so some of the bridges and stuff are being, you know, paid for via federal funds. But most, the state of Pennsylvania literally is doing fracking to fund schools. Fracking folks, because that's what states have to do by any means necessary to get the revenues to pay for their existence, to keep the schools on. This is the stuff that I don't hear any of these state-by-staters talking about. Why not? Why can't I expect them to do the right thing? Why can't I hold them and wonder why they're not doing the right thing? Why can't I hear that when they describe it so that they're talking about the risk. If, if you want to talk about that, be one thing. You don't do that. That troubles me greatly because it has so many other impacts. So we want to fight the Republicans. We want to punch at the Republicans. We're going to fight the system. The system, we're this nebulous system. Because that's the enemy. It's this nebulous phantom we've got to fight them but down here right there in front of your face is another barrier to getting there and the economic illiteracy that's prevalent in our movement in our left spaces etc is so oppressive it's it sucks the air right out of your lungs it's so oppressive that's before we have the first battle with a republican that's before we have the first battle with an oligarch that's before we take down the media. That's before we do anything. The very first conversation is we got to get past ourselves so that we're all fighting correctly. So we all understand what's going on. And literally, alt media site by alt media site by alt media site, activist group by activist group by activist group, all of them ignore. The economics. Hell, even shitheads like Doug Headwood, Jacobin Illuminati guy, Jacobin big time dude, big, big socialist guy, literally pinches a loaf on modern monetary theory, claiming that we're trying to prevent taxing the rich. And really, all the MMT tries to do is explain that taxing the rich doesn't actually pay for programs. Taxing the rich is good to eliminate inequality, but are you going to hold back fighting for health care so that you can soak the rich? And until we can soak the rich, we can't have health care. There's just a loser's mindset to that. It's, it's grotesque that the, the, the simple algebraic, you know, do the stuff inside the parens first, multiplication, division, all that. Do the fucking order of operations, gang. We don't need to tax the rich to pay for these things. In fact, whatever you tax to fund, you must maintain that rich person's station so that they continue to fund your program. If that's the way you frame it, if that's the way you set it up, you have deified that fucker. You have made them have to be there. Way to go. Golf clap for the lefties that do that shit. Golf clap. Feels good. Morally great. 
but it absolutely just killed a bunch of people. Just killed a lot of people that needed healthcare right there. Dead. Well played. So how do we get past that? I don't know. I keep saying the stuff. I keep hoping others will take it and run with it. I keep explaining it. I keep explaining it and explaining it and explaining it. And there are gatekeepers in this movement. There are gatekeepers in this movement that are absolutely resistant to learning how federal finance works. We can't even get Jill Stein or Howie Hawkins 1% of the vote during an election, but they think we're going to somehow or another have the numbers turn the system on its head. Flip the tables up and we're just off to the races. The easiest thing in the world to do is to hit the vote button. It requires no real brain power whatsoever. Anybody can do it. Couldn't even get Howie Hawkins 1%. Not even 1%, folks. Not even 1%. Yes, let's flip the tables. Let's take it on. Got to understand the battles. You've got to understand the powers. You've got to understand the battlefield that we're in the middle of. And if we don't take that seriously, if we keep allowing ourselves to do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, not only is that insanity, but it's a guaranteed surefire recipe for being irrelevant and absolutely failing spectacularly. I don't do this to fail. I want to fucking win. Because we need healthcare. I need healthcare, but we need a planet to be geared to sustaining life. And because of our capitalist pursuits, we have all but made it not the case. And we're already steadily moving off a cliff that we've been moving off of for a very long time. Very, very long time. To just understand this, our quest for Medicare for all is not a single issue. Not, not if you're actually fighting for the real important things in this world. It's a part of a larger whole. It's a part of this overall robust package of things that are not just, wouldn't it be great if, wouldn't it be nice if. These are things that we need to survive. Green New Deal forces governments that have the loan power, the authority, the strength of the ability to force legislation and to impose restrictions and to literally make the landscape for markets so that we can survive. We need the government involved. I, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm at a point now where, you know, talking to Michael Alberts, I bring this up frequently. He's an anarchist. And he said, point blank, there is no way to deal with the existential climate crisis by trying to be anarchists. We have to actually have kind of that benevolent dictator. We actually have to have some central planning. We actually need a strong, robust central government to enforce this and make it so. That's a far cry from being an anarchist, isn't it? But then when I talk to my socialist friends or I talk to my communist friends, it's like, it's got to be burn the system down. We can't do this. We can't do that. 
there's going to be no communist revolution. There's going to be no socialist revival if we don't have a planet to survive on, folks. And yet there is an entire group of people that actually know better on the economics, but literally choose to do the wrong thing and are enabling this state-by-state approach that is going to literally deep six all of our hopes and dreams if we don't refocus this. And a lot of weird strongholds, a lot of weird isms, a lot of weird, I can't even consider what you're saying crap. I understand what the state-by-staters are saying. I get it. I'm sympathetic to it. I'm here to tell you, though, that it's not the right way, and I can show you why. And if you actually listen to me, instead of saying, well, you just disrespected my dead son, or you just this and that, you're coming up with all these, like, slagging things. I'm not talking about you as a human being. I'm talking about the economics of this. If you can't keep it not personal, if you can't address the points that I'm raising, you're probably not a very good person. You're probably a shitty person. That one's personal right there. If you can't deal with the very real issue that I'm raising, then you're probably not a good person if you're using personal put-downs and slags on me as a human being. And those that enable that, not a good look. Fuck you. Okay? Not a good look. So, anyway. I'm going to be on status quo tonight versus tomorrow night. Um, Jordan is trialing a new host, it looks like, for Wednesday night. So I am going to be um, with him tonight. Uh, this Sunday, I'll have the grumble over there at status quo as well. 2 p.m. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I haven't recorded it, quite frankly. Um, and then this coming Saturday, we have a great podcast with a um, Ph.D. scientist named David Keith from Harvard and MIT, who focuses on uh, geoengineering and other things that can be used to leverage against the climate crisis that we're in. So with that, I hope you got something from this. The fact is is that we've got work to do in-house before we can worry about the outside world. Because folks, the gang, we ain't on the same team. We're, We're not focused. We're talking past each other. And the very real issues that I raised are being treated like options, like I'm being a bad guy. And I may be a bad guy. I don't think I am, but I might be. But that's irrelevant to the truth of the matter of the economics that I've raised. So with that, um, I am Steve Grumbine. I am the Rogue Scholar. And I am out of here. The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.